Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. How's everyone doing today? The weather is so much better than yesterday. Yesterday was really ridiculous. Jeremy and I, and I feel bad, I've apologized to him, even though he says it's fine. I wanted to go to our uh, food truck vendor thing in our town yesterday. We do it once a year. And it just did not go well. It was raining. And I was saying, you know, it was supposed to be nice yesterday. And I kept saying, I don't care if it rains. We're going to go regardless. We did go. It was utter crap. Um, Jeremy, had, you know, we brought an umbrella. You know, we're getting rained on. I tried a couple things, but Jeremy just said, you know what? We came too early. We should have just waited a little bit and just come later or something and the thing is it's like it was going on noon Jeremy if you have listened to this podcast for a while you heard me talk about my husband Jeremy he is a type 1 diabetic so when he does take his shot he does need to eat something and I had gotten this you know he had some butter chicken with rice and stuff like that and a couple things but it's just, we didn't stay there for uh, even a half hour, I don't think. It's just, we had, I had gotten a couple things, and then it's, I just turned to him, like, Jeremy, do you want to go home? And, um, we can just go, or we can just go somewhere to get lunch somewhere. And by then, it's like we were just walking, and I grabbed Jeremy's hand, and I could feel... His hand, his arm was starting to shake. It's like, okay, his blood sugar is starting to drop. And he asked me, you know, can you drive? And I'm like, yeah, I can drive. And the thing is, I'm not good with parallel parking. And luckily, there wasn't a car parked behind our car. Because I knew, like, okay, I am going to have to drive. Jeremy is not fit to drive. So we headed up to KFC. And we hadn't been there in a while because uh, there's now, instead of two KFCs, there's only one where we live. So luckily, got there... You know, we got something to eat. Jeremy got some food in him. He was doing a lot better. And it's just... And it's really... Even Friday, when Jeremy and I were playing this Jumanji board game, don't get it. It sucks. It is... I'm gonna take it back, because the, the game was utterly boring. So yeah, Jeremy just got home from getting a haircut. Um, anyway, we were playing uh, the Jumanji game, and the stupid thing, they have these, they have four dice, and each has like four sides, you know, top and bottom, and they have the stickers. You have to actually put the stickers on manually. Oh my goodness gracious. So we were doing that, and I was just making jokes and laughing, and Jeremy was laughing along with me. But then I was looking at his hands, and he had one of the um, stickers to put on the dice, and I noticed he was having trouble focusing. His His hand was starting to shake, and I'm like, okay, something's not right here. So, and I went and I grabbed his arm, and which is a very good indication. It was dripping in sweat. So I'm like, okay. I went to the refrigerator and I grabbed some orange juice, which they say sometimes orange juice is the best. It gets right into your system right away and helps raise your blood sugar up. So I did and I, you know, gave him a little bit and 
you know, after like three or four sips, he was like, all right, I'm all right, I'm okay, okay, so, it's just like, oh my goodness, it's just, it's weird because this rarely, really happens where his blood sugar drops, and twice in two days, this is, I don't know, um, but anyway, um, today's a lot better day, it's a lot better day, so I'm just, it's getting warm, <laughs> it's definitely getting warm, but other than that, um, if you guys follow the Punky Power Podcast Facebook or Instagram page, you'll know that I put a, um, thing up about the, the bad dog episode, which I'm doing today, and underneath, I, somebody kind of brought it to my attention, like, hey, it's coming to land, why don't you stretch these out, you know, instead of just getting them all done in June, I kind of thought about it, it's like, as much as I kind of want to get it done, it's like, I could just stretch this out through July, and then that way we'll just have, you know, August will be, maybe I'll do a little something, but... You know, otherwise I have two months worth of dead air and nothing going on until Silver Spoon starts. So, I just decided why not. You know, it's coming on the end. This was my very first podcast that I ever created. So, why not stretch it out, you know? You know, so that way it's going back to Sundays once a week until the very last Sunday in July. So, that gives you guys something to kind of, you know, hang on to and everything. And that way you can keep you current with what's going on, you know, with me and all that stuff. I mean, if you care, <laughs> um, let you know, you know, what's going on, what books I'm reading, which I will get into, um, also, I got an Amazon Fire Stick, because up here in the bedroom, we have a television that doesn't have HDMI, but, I mean, it, um, hold on a second, what's going on here, why do I, oh, it is charging, okay, my laptop's charging, um, and we can only get Netflix on it, but it says, like, Hulu and Amazon Prime and everything like that, but you have to have HDMI cable. So, we, I, I just ended up getting the Fire, Amazon Fire Stick, because that way it does have Hulu and Amazon Prime right on it. That way it's a lot more easier than Jeremy said, trying to get an HDMI cable and having to, you know, stretch it across the floor. He's like, I'm not doing that. So, that's why I got... Amazon Fire Stick, which is normally $40, but it was $10 off for a limited time, so it was $29.99. I'm like, alright, that way, because I don't really watch a lot of Netflix. I mean, Fuller House, when that comes back on in December, I'll watch it. But mainly I've been watching a lot of Hulu. You know, I watch the OC during lunch, even though I have the show on DVD, or, you know, One Tree Hill, which I also have the show on DVD. But, um... I also, on Amazon Prime, if you guys grew up in the 90s with Fox, then you're aware of the cartoon called Bobby's World, which is on Amazon Prime right now, which I've been watching a little bit of that, and I, I just, I love Bobby's World. It stinks that, like, anyone I talk to is, like, either too old or didn't watch it or too young to remember it, and it's like, Bobby's World! <laughs> Nobody watches the show. It was on for seven seasons. And that's a long time. Alright, so real quick, I'm going to talk about a couple of the books that I'm currently reading. And then we're going to jump right into the episode Bad Dog. So the first one I'm reading, I just started yesterday. And I picked this book up before, probably about maybe, was it two or three years ago maybe? And I just, I couldn't get through past the first 
chapter for whatever reason. So maybe it's like, I set the book down, I'm like, it's not time, I can come back to it. They're pretty big books. They're over 400 plus pages. Um, this book is called Ashfall. It's written by Mike Mullen, and this is a trilogy. I guess there is a fourth book eventually that will come out when he eventually writes it. So... The back of it says, under the bubbling hot springs and geysers of Yellowstone National Park is a super volcano. Most people don't know it's there. The caldera is so large that it can only be seen from a plane or satellite. It just could be overdue for an eruption, which would change the landscape and climate of our planet. For Alex, being left alone for the weekend means having the freedom to play computer games and hang out with his friends without hassle from his mother, because his mother and dad and little sister all went to visit, like, his grandparents. Then, the Yellowstone supervolcano erupts, plunging his hometown into a nightmare of darkness, ash, and violence. Alex begins a harrowing trek to search for his family and finds help in Darla, a travel partner he meets along the way. Together, they must find the strength and skills to survive and outlast an epic disaster. This is a really good book. I'm, like, almost 100 pages into it, and it's really kept my attention. So the next book here that I'm also currently reading, this just came out uh, in June of this year. It's called How We Roll by Natasha Friend. Quinn is a teen who loves her family, skateboarding, basketball, and her friends. But after she's diagnosed with a condition called alopecia, which causes her to lose all of her hair, her friends abandon her. Jake was once a star football player, but a freak accident caused by his brother, he loses both of his legs. Quinn and Jake meet and find the confidence to believe in themselves again and maybe even love. Okay. So, yeah, um, the girl Quinn in eighth grade, her friends kind of abandon her and stop hanging out with her because, you know, she lost her hair and everything like that, which is really sad. Um, they end up moving to Massachusetts because Quinn's younger brother, um, has, he has autism. He's on the autism spectrum disorder and they're trying to get, they lived in Colorado and I guess there weren't any type of schools that could really help children with that autism so they moved to Massachusetts where they did uh, they have a school set up for something like that uh, that will help help him so now Quinn's having to reinvent herself you know she does have wigs that she wears that are made of real human hair and everything like that so it's really really interesting I liked um, Natasha's other book, F is for Family, I think that's what it's called. Oh, no, her other book is called The Other F Word, that's what it's called. And this one I gave five stars, because I absolutely love that, uh, that book. Um, this other one that I'm currently reading, it's okay, it's okay, I'm not that far into it. So, we'll see, but, hey, let's get into the episode, and let me pull that up. On IMDb. Here we go. Alright, Season 4, Episode 16, entitled Bad Dog, which aired on May 18th, 1988. 
Brandon's behavior receives complaints from other tenants. Which is very unlike Brandon. I don't think I've ever had, you know, seen an episode where anyone really had a complaint about him. So it's like, if there's something going on with Brandon, or even if he were to act aggressive, there's a reason for it. So they need to really pay attention. Like, this is out of character for Brandon. What's going on? There's gotta be a deeper meaning, another reason for this outburst. So, um, word of warning, this episode does deal with child abuse. I have not seen this episode in probably over 10 or more years, so I'm not ex sure the extent of it. It could be physical abuse, it could be emotional abuse, or a little bit of both. So, alright. Also, real quick, um, if you guys listen on iTunes, if you would be so kind as to leave a review for the podcast, that would mean the world to me. I would just, I got a couple of reviews there, and I just, I would love to see if, if you guys would be able to, to leave another one, or <laughs> to, to leave one, that would be great. Thank you. Uh, for those of you that are following along on the DVDs, you'll know that this Bad Dog episode is the last episode on Disc 3. After this, we move to the final disc, Disc 4. So, we get a shot after the intro of the outside. We get a shot of the backyard. We get a shot of the treehouse. I miss the treehouse. I mean, we still we see it a little bit. So, it's not like it's gone. So, Punky and Cherry come out, and they are there with a the new girl. Who's the new girl? This girl looks familiar. I want to see if I've seen her in anything else. Okay, so the girl, the character's name is Leslie, and she actually lives right above Punky and Henry's apartment. So she, uh, Punky turns to Leslie and says, Just think that uh, my ceiling is your floor. That's where I've seen her. Um, Good Morning Miss Bliss. She played Nikki. Um, Good Morning Miss Bliss actually was the pilot show before it was revamped and changed into Safe by the Saved by the Bell. Um, that's all that I recognize her from. I mean, I thought she looked familiar. This actress is I cannot talk. This actress's name is Heather Hopper. So I want to play this clip as we are introduced to Leslie. It's gonna be great having you live right without me, Leslie. Just think, my ceiling's your floor. Wow, that's deep, Punky. Leslie, it must have been neat living in California. Did you go to Disneyland every day? Well, practically. For the first year, you have mouth fever. My mom even said they should have named it right after. Then we moved to Orlando. Wow! Disneyland and Disney World. You've done it all. Not bad. Moving around so much can be a drag. As soon as you make friends or get used to a school, it's time to move again. Yeah, but just think, you can flunk a test in Boston and nobody finds out till you're in Detroit. <laughs> Fun sugar, people! <laughs> Prepare yourselves for a treat. Are gonna lock you up in a padded cell. <laughs> no, silly. It's time for my 
Punky is like, oh, just think that, uh, my ceiling is your floor. Then Leslie's like, that's deep, Punky. I don't like how she looks straight into the camera when she says that. It's like, are you mugging for the camera? What's going on here? Stay in character, please. So Cherry is really impressed with the fact that, uh, Leslie... Uh, lived in California like oh my gosh did you go to Disneyland every day and Le Leslie's like oh yeah all the time they should have named a ride after me that's what my mom said anyway and uh and I guess they she moves a lot she also moved to Orlando so I guess she got to have a little bit of both you know Disneyland in California Disney World in Florida just she just she moves all the time. I, I'm guessing for her mom's job, maybe? Is that why she moves? But it's just, she seems like whenever she gets settled, they end up having to, you know, take off. Is this another child stolen from the parent, like, custody issue? Is that why they're constantly on the move? I mean, we've done that in season two with Julie slash Jennifer. Well, um, Leslie says for the first year in California, you have mouse fever, and then it's like, yeah, after a while, you think it would kind of wear off. Like, eh, you can't be going every day. That does cost, even though that is the 80s, but I'm sure it was still expensive. Margot comes in in her tutu outfit with her ballet slippers. She is walking on dirt with those slippers. Are you kidding me? You're ruining those things. Those things have soft bottoms, don't they? I'm sure they do. Why wouldn't you just take that stuff off and put on your regular clothes? If that's her outfit for the recital, um, it's going to get gross. <sighs> but so Margo's telling them, you know, she's got tickets to her spring recital. For Swan Lake, or I mean Sleeping Beauty, I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, the girls like don't care. Like, no, we're we're not going. We don't want to purchase tickets. Thank you. So I see that uh, Margot is continuing after Jersey Janet's uh, class from season two from ta uh, Tap Your Troubles Away. So she continued on with it. All right. So she demonstrates a little dance number. In the straw, because there's straw on the dirt ground, but it's just, that's gonna hurt your feet. She must have, like, just come from dance class. I mean, Margot's got the outfit with the tutu. She's got her warm-up bag that's probably got her regular clothes in there. She's got a tiara. Someone's gonna mistake her for Miss America. So now Henry and Betty are coming out of the basement area dress in farmer wear, garden wear, they're going to be doing their gardening stuff. So I like that they're keeping this. I think we first saw this in like early season three. So I like that they're, they're kind of keeping with that. Where's Brandon? Is he hanging out in the house? Betty's got her, um, it's a green like thing to kneel on so you're not getting your knees all dirty plus that way. I mean, you would be, otherwise you'd be on the hard packed ground. So you want to have something comfortable to rest your knees on or otherwise uh, they're going to be hurting. I mean, if you're bent down at the knees, just on your knees like that, after a while, that's going to hurt. 
So what is the thing with the senior citizens and liking to garden and stuff like that? But don't senior citizens also, some of them, like to golf? Because that was another almost kind of tropey thing. Like, they like gardening, they like golfing. I don't think we've ever, have we, heard Henry talk about golf? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Now Margot's trying to get Betty and Henry to buy tickets to Sleeping Beauty. No! No, they don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. No one wants to see it. But her, let me guess, is her dad going to be there? Or is he too busy? So Betty brings up the fact like, oh my gosh, it's recital time again. We were just there a year ago. And the look on Margot's face is like, come on, please. Like, uh, I can't believe you people. So Margot kind of appeals to Henry's cheapness. Like, Oh, they're so inexpensive, Mr. Warnemont. Even you can afford this. What are they, five bucks? How much are they? They're 30, if they're over 20, no. It's not worth it. And Henry's actually thinking it over as Cherry and Punky are all kind of slicing their hand across their neck like, no, no, we don't want to go. Please don't make us. We'll be her friend, but we won't support anything she does, especially this ballet stuff. So, not Henry's like, you know what, we'll take four. How much are those tickets? Because you know it's Margot. Her family only pays top dollar at these ballet places, so it's going to be like, what, Carnegie Hall or something like that? So, Margot hands the tickets over to Henry, says, I don't have any pockets, so just pay me the night of the recital, pay me later. And Margot leaves. Punky's like, come on, Henry, really? Do we really got to see this play? And he's like, Punky, please. It won't kill you. She's like, what if it does? Are you prepared to have that on your conscience? Like, come on. They're just starting to plant. Okay, so this is, yeah, it's got to be springtime. All right. wonder how long does it take for those things to grow? A while? A month? Two months, maybe? Alright, so we are going to meet Leslie's mother, who is clearly a businesswoman. She's wearing a blazer and a skirt, carrying a briefcase. I think she might be a realtor. I'm not sure. But let's hear. Trust me, he's got millions of them and he's never hurt one. <laughs> 
should be muzzled and tied up, preferably to a runaway train. We meet Leslie's mother, who it's a Saturday, and she Henry's like, Oh, you're working on Saturday. And she's like, Well, it's either that or work nights, and I don't really like Leslie being home by herself. And then we see a um a character that I didn't know was making a comeback. I forgot his name. I don't remember his name. Um, from season three called Hands Across the Halls. He's one of the grumpy neighbors that Betty almost punches in the face. Uh, Hands Across the Halls, of course, if you remember, is the one with the elderly woman who's um about to get evicted from her place, or she's just having trouble trying to keep house and everything, and she's afraid she'll have to go to an assisted living center. This is one of the, um, grumpy neighbor guys, constantly he's complaining, like, why should I have to help her, and blah, 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 and whatnot. So he makes a comeback as he comes out in his boxer shorts with a pair of pants to complain to Henry, there are little girls present. Mind you, they're preteen girls, but still. Don't go prancing around outside where everyone can see you in your underwear in the presence of children. You are a pervert. You want to make a point? Put your freaking pants on. But then again, Brandon had the pants in his mouth. He's been causing a bit of a ruckus. Um, you know, the guy was doing his laundry. Brandon took off with his pants. And he's just trying to get him back. Um, he does mention how Brandon's been, bar been barking all night. Um, Leslie's mother also says, is there anything you can do about the barking? It's getting a little bit out of hand. Especially all night. That's when people are trying to sleep. So yes, these are the complaints that are coming in about Brandon. My only thing is something's going on with him. Either Punky's not getting him enough exercise and he's... He's, he's got all this pent-up energy that he needs to unleash. Something's going on. So, um, another thing is Leslie's mother says, Oh, I don't want you, Leslie, around that dog. That dog. Seriously. Because, you know, I don't, you know, they, she probably thinks, like, he's dangerous. Like, I don't want him to bite you and this and that. And she kind of takes Leslie away. Like, I don't want you around that dog. And, of course, Punky comes to the Brandon's defense like, oh, he wouldn't hurt a flea. He's got millions of them. Then get him a flea collar. Give him a flea bath. He shouldn't have fleas. That's, I mean, yeah, it's typical, but fleas carry diseases. Dogs they can probably carry heartworm and other things. Is she making sure he's vaccinated? So, in the next scene, we move to the apartment, and it's nighttime. Brandon is constantly barking, and Punky comes out. Suppose 
you're here to borrow a cup of sugar? No. Here, Clarks. This is the third night in a row I've been down here. And it's not because I like your face. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't know what's wrong with Randa. Well, maybe you should thank us in the new to obedience school. No? Is that where you took your charm lessons? If I wasn't such a lady, I'd tap dance on your teeth. <laughs> Mr. Mortimer, I have had a very long day, and the last thing I need is another night of constant barking. Now, you understand that under these conditions, you can't hold me to a leash. That dog is impossible. up a storm punky and henry come in this is apparently the third night in a row he's been doing this non-stop and punky's like oh maybe he misses his girlfriend phoebe since she went to france or went to paris she hasn't sent a postcard and henry makes a joke how he'd fly her back on the concord if it would get brandon to shut up then there's a knock on the door it's frank the crank i think is what betty refers to him and Frank's had enough. It's like, this is the third night. I need earplugs. Shut that dog up. Betty is like, you know, I normally wouldn't agree with Frank, but this has got to stop. She even suggests, you know, obedience school. Um, is Brandon fixed? I mean, is that another thing that could cause excessive barking? Um, I don't know if they had those no-bark collars back then. Um, Leslie's mother comes down and she says, you know, I don't see how you can hold me to a lease. I've had a long day. And I don't see how he can... Basically, she's like, you can't hold me to a lease if I'm having to put up with this. Uh, technically, he can. You signed a contract. I don't know what to tell you. Brandon, but the thing is, when Leslie's mom shows up, Brandon's barking, boom, like, accelerates, and he gets, like, he is, like, right at her, like, it's like, he is, yeah, he is directing it straight at her, because as soon as she showed up, that barking intensified, like, okay, what is it about her that is getting him worked up? Because right now, if you're watching it, this is the first time that he's actually really barked at Leslie's mom. So, in the next scene, Henry's on the phone with the animal control people, and he gets off the phone with them, and Punky's like, yeah, that Mr. Frank, jeez, what a jerk. And Henry's like, well, it's not just Mr. Frank. They've received quite a few calls about Brandon. Thanks for calling. That was the Department of Animal Regulation. The dog catchers? Boy, Mr. Frank sure loves to make trouble. It's not just Mr. Frank. They got quite a few calls. Oh, really? One man said that the barking sounded like a pack of wild dogs fighting over raw meat. <laughs> Another caller 
said the barking woke up his dead grandfather. And then there was a call from a little girl who said that she loved the barking. And the dog sounded so sweet and kind. Really? Sounds like a very bright little girl. Nice try, Pikey. <laughs> oh, I'm at the end of my rope. I've got to do something about these complaints. be some reason for Brandon's strange behavior. Maybe he needs a job with a psychiatrist. Mikey, <laughs> we may have to muscle him. No! We can't bring muzzle him, Brandon. He'll break his heart. <laughs> Mrs. Jenner. That dog of yours. What happened? He bit me. That's what happened. Should I call a doctor? Oh, don't bother. I'm going to call my own doctor, and then I'm going to call the authorities and see to it that that animal is put to sleep. Oh. So Henry mentions that there's a caller of a little girl calling animal control saying that she loved the barking. And everything like that, and that the dog's just mis misunderstood. It's a sweet dog and everything. So, yeah, Henry knows it was Punky who had called them as well. Um, and Henry is just at the end of his rope. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know why Brandon is just, this behavior is just out of control. And it's not like him. And he kind of does tell Punky, it's like, Either Brandon stops this, or we have no choice. We will have to put a muzzle, muzzle on him. So I don't think they had those no-bark collars where they did the light little shock. You know, those, like, shock collars or something? They didn't have those back then. Um, there is a knock at the door, and it's Leslie's mother, and she is holding, like, an ice pack or um, a cloth over her wrist. And she says that Brandon bit her, which he has never bit anybody before, and they are shocked. And Henry's like, you want me to call somebody, a doctor or something? And she's like, no, I'll take care of that myself. And by the way, I'm calling the authorities or uh, animal control, and that dog is being put to sleep. If a dog, if someone's dog bites somebody, more than likely, I believe that that is where the dog does have to go into quarantine until the situation is resolved. I'm surprised she didn't say that she was going to get a lawyer and sue Henry, because that was is well within their rights. I mean, if he doesn't pay her medical bill, because she probably has to get stitches. I don't know. I didn't see the bite. She had it covered. Um, I did see a little bit of blood on the cloth. When Henry opens the door, Punky is like, Brandon is right outside. So the whole time, they had no idea where Brandon was. They had no idea whether he's just roaming around the neighborhood. It's like, you, if you're going to have a dog, you need to make sure you know where it is at all times. That way, it's not going around, you know, doing things it shouldn't be doing. And especially with his aggression towards Leslie's mother, you should be watching him. So, and Leslie's mom wants to put Brandon to sleep. And, of course, Punky doesn't want to hear that. She's like, no, no, not Brandon. 
it's like, well, that's up for the courts and the animal control to decide. I'm sure they would have to do an evaluation on Brandon. You know, this is not like him, so that, of course, could be taken into effect as his unusual behavior. Is there a reason why he's biting her? We don't know. Not yet, anyway. So, in the next scene, we have Punky and Sherry and Brandon all on the couch. Punky is trying to explain to Brandon, listen with both ears. You need to understand, a, a man from the Department of Animal Control is coming over to evaluate and assess your behavior. So, please behave. No barking, no lunging, no biting, none of that. You need to keep that sweet demeanor that I know that you have. Brandon, this is very important. Now listen with both ears. A man is coming to see you. He's from the Department of Animal Regulation. You've got to show him what a good dog you are. No barking, no growling, no snapping, and definitely no biting. Got it? I hope that means yes. Did you remember to check for doggy breath? Don't worry, I'm minty fresh. <laughs> now remember, we've got to convince this guy what a great dog Brandon is. I'll tell him about the time Brandon ran into a burning building, climbed three flights of stairs, broke down the door, and rescued a little baby. Brandon never did that. No, but he could if he had to. Now, girls, no burning buildings, no fancy stories. We'll just tell the truth and hope for the best. Good afternoon. I'm Officer Nichols. Are you Mr. Warnemont? Yes, please come in. The animal in question on the premises. Yes, right there. Thank <laughs> you. 
much more serious complaint from a Mrs. Jenner. It was only a small bite. Mrs. Jenner claims that the dog, though unprovoked, savagely attacked her. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Brandon. Nonetheless, he did bite Mrs. Jenner, and the law states that we have to keep him under observation for 10 days to check for rabies. No, you can't arrest him. Hockey. Sorry, folks. I'm sure Brandon is a great dog. He probably brews a great cup of coffee, but the rules are the rules. I'll have to take him. May I talk to him for a second before you take him away? Sure. Brandon, um, uh, the animal control guy come on over, just kind of tells Brandon, no snapping, no growling, and we're so, definitely no, no biting. Just basically be a good boy. And she also mentions to Cherry that, uh, she popped a couple breath mints in Brandon's mouth, so his breath is minty fresh. And Henry comes in like, hey girls, is Brandon ready for, uh, his little interrogation and Cherry's like oh yeah let's tell the story about you know when Brandon rescued a family in a fire and climbed three flights of stairs and saved a baby and Henry's like girls 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 please just just say that he's a good dog and everything you don't need to tell outlandish wild unconvincing stories so the doorbell rings, it's the animal control guy, he does have one of those long rubber safety gloves on, you know, when dealing with, with animals and stuff like that, just to protect his hand. And he kind of goes through the complaints, he's had 17, 13 of which were from Mr. Frank. And then, of course, one from Mrs. Jenner, Leslie's mom, who says that, you know, she was bit... And I love how Brandon, like, goes in the kitchen and then he comes out with a little cart with, like, coffee and cups and then also, like, bread or something in a little basket. And he's really trying to schmooze the guy, like, you know, giving him kisses on the face and just adorable. And the guy is like, are you sure this is the dog that's in question here? Because he doesn't look like it. And he's even, he, he let, the guy's like, this is such a nice dog. And he's even scratching Brandon on the head, like, as he's reading some of the complaints. He's just really put it, Brandon's really putting the guy at ease. This is, you know, this is just Brandon. He's a sweetheart. And I, I mean, I know that Punky's like, oh, it was just a little bite. Like, yeah, but that's not the point. The point that he bit a human being. And so... 
the animal control guy has to take Brandon for 10 days just to assess him, make sure he doesn't have rabies. Um, wouldn't he have a rabies certificate? That is one of the things that you get shots for for the dog is rabies. Quinn has had her second shot, I think... Was it this year or last fall? That's good for at least three years. So, or is it four years? I'm not sure. But I, they print out a certificate, so if you need to show it to somebody. I mean, you would have all of that documentation, all his vet visits. He's been to the vet, clearly. So, he should be up to date on everything. I mean, I can see maybe them holding him for quarantine until this whole investigation with um mrs jenner is taken care of and it's just i started tearing up when punky was getting upset you know she actually put the small little short leash on brandon she gave him a hug told him to be a good boy my heart is breaking my eyes are watering i just and brandon stops in the doorway when the guy takes the leash and he just looks back at Punky and just, oh, it breaks my heart. <laughs> so now Punky's in the backyard writing in her diary. I'm not sure how many days have passed. Brandon? 
the subject is closed. Oh, please. He just didn't understand why you hit me. What does she mean? You hit her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Leslie upstairs. Now. Becky, you stay here. I have to talk to Mrs. Jenner. Excuse us, please. Uh, I'm on my way to the market. Can I bring her a chip steak for later? No, thank you. I'll take care of it. Mrs. Jenner, I want to talk to you. It'll have to be some other time. No. I think we'd better talk right now. All right. Would you join us, Betty? Sure, Henry. What's up? <laughs> So Punky's sitting on the ground, on the bottom of the tree, um, by the tree where the tree house is, and we see Brandon's picture. It's really cute. He's in his tux and everything with a bow tie, and it's got like a she's got a little leash. Maybe the leash leash that she had when she first had Brandon, maybe because it's made out of rope. And she's just saying, you know, how much she misses Brandon. She's kind of writing a letter to him in a way. And just saying that, you know, maybe she can visit him. It's been four. So it's been four out of the ten days and everything like that. Leslie comes around with some groceries. And she thinks, you know, maybe Punky won't want to be her friend. Because it's her fault that, you know, her mom had Brandon taken away and everything. And... Punky's like, yeah, I'll still be your friend. And then that's when Punky notices the black eye. I mean, she even says, well, maybe you can tell the animal control guy that a bird came and attacked your mom or something. Like, no, 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 no. That's And even Leslie's looking at Punky like, I'm not doing that. So, yeah, Punky notices Leslie's black eye. Of course, Leslie makes up a lie about how she tripped over the coffee table. Henry comes outside with Mrs. Jenner and is trying to get her to reconsider with Brandon and everything like that. And she's like, no, I think the dog should be put down or destroyed. It's like, no, lady, he bit. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what the standard protocol is for today. I mean, in my eyes, if a dog, like, mauls a child, like, to death or a person to death, yes, they need to be destroyed. That, I mean, that's how I feel. So, Punky is like, no, don't do not do that to Brandon and everything. And then Leslie kind of gets in the mix with her mom. Like, don't punish Brandon over me because you hit me. And Henry is like all ears now. He's like, wait, what a minute? You hit your daughter? And, of course, Mrs. Jenner, Leslie's mom is all like, this isn't any of your business. And she goes inside. She tells Leslie, let's go with the groceries. Leslie heads upstairs. And as Leslie's mom is heading upstairs, Henry's like, hold it. You and I need to have a conversation. And she's like, no, I don't have time. He's like, now. It's like either that or he calls Child Protective Services and has your kid removed from your home. Betty just happens to be there. She's going to be going to the market. But Henry's like, hey, can you come in in here with me? Because we both probably should sit down with her. Mrs. Jenner and have a conversation because this is very serious. Poor, I mean, the girl's eye is black and blue. Tripped over a coffee table, my butt. 
And you know how this whole thing is going to go. She's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just overworked, and this and that, and Leslie gets on my nerves, and blah, blah, It's like, that is not an excuse to hit your kid. I don't care if you're a single parent. I don't care if you work 80 hours a week. You don't ever hit your child. This is Jenna. You gave Leslie that black eye, didn't you? What? Mr. Warnemont, this is none of your business. Wait a minute. Something as serious as this is everybody's business. <sighs> you don't understand. <laughs> I love my daughter. I'm not some kind of a monster. I'm not saying you are, but we're concerned about Leslie. Well, I appreciate that, but we don't need your help. I can handle this. Maybe. But can Leslie handle after all, the child's the one who suffers. <laughs> you know, as a nurse, I'm required by law to report any incident of child abuse to the police. Uh, 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 child abuse? Look, I just lost my temper. Well, I may have overreacted. This won't happen again. How do you know it won't happen again? <laughs> Are you being honest with yourself? I am working two jobs. I'm under a lot of stress. Sometimes I just find myself screaming and Leslie is the only one there. Brandon must have heard you. That's why he was barking. <laughs> it's very hard being a single parent. Well, there's no disgrace to ask for help. I love my little girl. She is the most important thing in my life. <laughs> I don't want to hurt her. Of course you don't. <coughs> and there's no doubt that you love Leslie. There's a group of parents that meets at the hospital where I work. It's called Parents Anonymous. I'd be happy to take you there. Will you go? <sighs> I want help. I do. I, I don't want to hurt Leslie. So, basically, Henry says, you gave Leslie that black eye. And immediately, Betty's like, what now? It's like, you hit your daughter? And Betty being a registered nurse is right. She has control. As far as to call the police, she is obligated by her job to report any child abuse to the police. And Leslie's mom is all like, well, it's not really your business. It's like, excuse me, this child is being mistreated in your care. And, of course, she does do the whole excuse with, I have two jobs, I am under a lot of stress, sometimes I just want to scream, and Leslie's the only one there. And that's when Henry realizes that is why Brandon's been barking for the last three nights, because he's hearing that. Remember, their apartment is right above theirs. You think if she's shouting, that's bouncing off the walls. You're going to hear that. So, you know, she's upset. You know, Mrs. Jenner, Leslie's mom, is crying. She's upset. Like, I didn't mean to hurt my child. I'll never do it again. Betty says, how do you know that's not going to happen again? Well, Henry says that. And Betty does come up with 
Um, there's a support group for child abusers, for parents that abuse their kids at the hospital. It's anonymous. She says, I can take you there. And really, it's like, you don't have a choice. You can't just up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. It's like, well, fine, then I'll report you to the police. They'll contact CPS. Your kid's going to be removed from your care and put in a foster home and probably be treated a lot worse. I don't know, but I'm happy that this situation got resolved, that just, just think, when we get to the, the child abuse episode in Silver Spoons, that one is probably a lot worse, because the kid is real, I'm not saying that this one is lesser because, you know, there's less abuse, it's a black eye. But it just, it deals with the same, pretty much, the same type of storyline. Parents overworked, gets angry, slaps their kid, breaks their arm, gives them a fat lip. And it's just, there's no reason, there's no excuse for any of that. So many things I've been reading and seeing online of people getting angry, snapping, they end up killing their children because they can't control their temper. I honestly feel that parents should be made to take a parenting class if there are any signs of abuse. I honestly feel that CPS is not doing their job, that they need to be stepping up their game and really focusing on the family, any signs of abuse, pull that kid out of there. Get the parents the help they need. Make them take a class and then monitor the, monitor them when they have the child back or decide whether or not they should even have their kid back. That's why I feel the government needs, somebody needs to protect these kids. If the parents are going to do it, then someone else can. There are lots of people out there that would take a child in and give them a great home. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like I'm a, a judgmental person just because I don't have kids and everything, but <laughs> I mean, I grew up with, you know, my dad was working all the time and he was angry and I've been slapped. I've been hit. I've been pushed into a chair, shoved against a wall. It's just, it's not, you know, and even, you know, I've been hit with a belt, but then again, that's, you know, I grew up, you know, kids were spanked, they were hit with belts, and everything, this is the 80s, uh, 90s and everything, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses, but <laughs> it's not, that doesn't help a child, that does not help a child to beat on them, and think that you're beating them into submission, and they're going to obey you, no, in fact, you're making it worse, your child is going to come to hate you, they're going to come to fear you, it's just, I'm sorry to bring this episode down like this, but, we need to think of the children, and adults need to get the help that they need, um, but anyway, in the next scene, um, they're having a little party, Brandon's coming home, Punky's putting up a sign, I'm so happy he's coming home. I can't wait to see what Brandon looks like after ten days in the slammer.
So Henry brings Brandon in. He is dressed head to toe in black and white stripes, prison uniform. He's got the little hat. He's got the uh, the numbers uh, across his chest. <laughs> it's kind of comical. Punky takes all of that off, and she hugs him. Like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. And she, I remember right before Henry arrived, she is saying how, I wonder how this has changed him, him being... 10 days in the... She calls it the slammer like he's in prison. No, he's in, like, animal control. But Betty and Margot wheel out this fake cake. It's decorated with dog biscuits. And, of course, his girlfriend, Phoebe the Poodle, is back from Paris. She made a appearance. Oh, it's so cute! <laughs> what, no gifts? I guess that was the gift. They convinced the... Uh, Phoebe's owners to fly her in special just for Brandon's homecoming. So that is the episode. I hope you liked it. Um, let's see. For the Brandon Tailwig episode rating, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 2. The three things I liked. Um, I liked how nice Brandon was being with the animal control officer. That was really sweet. I like that Henry made it a point, him and Betty, to talk to Leslie's mother about what she's doing, making it their business to get her help and get Leslie the help that they need to be able to um, fix their relationship. And the fact that Henry, like, jumped on that immediately as soon as he saw the black eye. He's like, you hit your daughter, and if you don't get help... We are going to call the, have the police come. Um, I like the ending, of course. Henry bringing Brandon in. Brandon dressed in the striped prison uniform. The thing that I didn't like, I didn't like... <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't really care for Leslie's mom. The way that she was automatically, the dog bit me, it's going... You know why the dog bit you. He bit you because you hit your kid. And she's all adamant, like, no, the dog's going to be destroyed. And the fact that she was just, with with Leslie and everything, like, no, no, go upstairs. Just the way she was with Leslie, it's just, oh, my gosh. Did not like that. But then again, we wouldn't have an episode. Um, what's the other thing I didn't care for? I didn't like Punky thinking that, Leslie could change the story so that way it made it look like Brandon didn't bite her mom. Like, don't ask her to lie for me. And even Punky's like, no, that would be lying. I, I'm, I'm not going to do that to you. Um, as far as for Punky's principles, if you notice any signs of abuse, just make sure it's 100% true, definitely, and then contact the authorities let someone know because the more it goes on the worse it's gonna get and those people they need help the child needs help you have to think of the child first and then the parents can be dealt with however they're gonna be dealt with whether they're made to get help whether they're arrested I don't know but just take the allegations very seriously Alright, let's talk about next Sunday's episode, Season 4, Episode 17, entitled Vice Versa, which aired on May 19th, 1988. 
In Punky's dream, Henry and Mrs. Johnson are the children, while she and Cherry are the parents. Kind of a switcheroo episode. I'm not going to lie, um, this episode sounds kooky and weird, and just the idea of seeing Henry dressed like Punky in a brown wig is terrifying, but I'm going to cover it regardless, because I've covered every single episode. Just know that I'm not all that excited to cover this episode. But that being said, let's say hey to some Punky Power podcast listeners for the week. Here it is. All right. We have Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Hillsboro, North Carolina, Davison, Michigan, Mountain View, California, North Las Vegas, Nevada, Oxford, Mississippi, Dayton, Ohio, Washington, D.C., and New York or Brooklyn, New York. So that being said, everyone have a wonderful Sunday and have a great start to the week. And I will be back on a regular schedule with the final seven episodes of Punky Brewster. All right. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see you next Sunday. Bye-bye.